God said, I am that I am. He is. He's everything that we could ever imagine and more. If you have your Bibles, if you would, please turn with me to Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Before we get started, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father God, you're amazing. Lord God, you are just everything, Lord. God, help us to worship you in everything we do, everything we say, God. Let us be a light for you, Lord, to shine in the dark among all those people that have never heard your name. Let us spread your name throughout the world, God. Lord, Help this message to reach each and every one of these people in here, Lord God, so that if there's anybody in here who's not heard you, they cannot say that they haven't when they leave this place. Help them to make the decision to love and care about you, God, with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5 and 6 says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. Lord God requires every bit of us. If you take out our heart, our soul, and our might, what do we have left? We've got our flesh, but God's not of the flesh. He doesn't want what we care about for what we please ourselves with. He wants us to be pleased with Him. So if you take away everything out of that scripture, you've got nothing left. Which means you have nothing for God. We need to give Him everything we have. All our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And they shall be in your heart. We, we can't rely on always having this with us. One day, we may not have it. If you look at the scriptures, we're headed into times that we're not going to have hardly anything anymore. And if we don't put it in our hearts now, we won't have it. And we'll, we'll need it. And we'll just be getting lost. We won't have anything to keep our way. All right, next, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 10. Says, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me, take the people together, and I will make them hear my words, and they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. Today I want to ask you three important questions to life. What's our purpose? What's our problem? And what's the solution? One wrong answer will mess up everything. Just one wrong answer. That's all it takes. Lord put us here to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. He also made us to love Him. But when we love Him, we cannot just love Him and think we're going to get everything we want. God's not just going to give you anything you want. Because sometimes it's not what you need. 
We also have to fear the Lord. Not saying cower and think he's some big monster or anything. Love him, but know that he has the power to do whatever he wants. So we have to have that fear in us. That fear will keep us going in a straight path. It won't let us go astray. Isaiah 12, 4. I know, I'm going to keep you guys flipping a lot. I'm sorry. But God's got one big old book here. You can't just take one thing out of it at a time. Sometimes you've got to get a lot in at once. Isaiah 12, verse 4. And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Declare His doings among the people. And mention that His name is exalted. God, declare him. You can't just keep him to yourself. Everybody needs him. Without him, we have no way to heaven. What if, what if you were lost in sin and Christians overlooked you? Wouldn't you want to hear about Jesus? Wouldn't you want that chance to go to heaven too? We've got to declare him because those people out there that have never heard of him, they're just like we were. So we got to hear him. We got to choose him as our Savior. The ones out there without a choice who's never heard it. I mean, look at them. They're, they don't really have much hope in them. They need that hope to keep them going. They need something to know that it's going to be worth it going through all these trials and all these temptations and not to give in to what they want. All right. That's our purpose. Our problem. Titus 2, 11, Eleven and twelve. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying our ungodliness and our worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I don't know about you. I have to admit this. I have some worldly lusts. I want some things in this world. But it says right here. Deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We don't do that. God's God's not going to look at us the same. He says that denying our ungodliness and our worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. There's temptations all over this world that we could give in to. Every day, every hour almost. We just got to Teach ourselves by reading in this word that these lusts, they're just here. They're temporary. They're of the moment. They're not going to be forever, unlike the kingdom of heaven. When we get there, can't even start to imagine how it's going to be. It's going to be so perfect. No tears, no pain, no sorrow. Everlasting joy. I don't know about you. I don't want to miss that because of something that's going to last me, what, 10 seconds? I don't want to miss that. All right. Psalms 37. Chapter. Yeah, 37, verse 3. 
trust in the Lord and do good, so thou shalt dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and trust him also, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself, because of whom prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth the wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. First thing I want to point out, says that God gives you the desires of your heart. He'll give them to you. Be one of his, listen to him, do as he says, and he will give you the things that you need. And I'm not saying that God's not ever going to just bless you because you don't deserve to be blessed. No, he'll, he'll bless you. He'll give you things that you want, but he won't give you anything that can take you farther away from him. That's what we got to be careful with. We got things that we're addicted to, maybe a cell phone, something that simple. That's cutting time between us and God. I mean, television. How many of us spend more time watching TV than reading the Bible? I'll admit I do it. I don't spend near enough time in my Bible as I should. And I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry for doing that. It's just another one of those worldly lusts that we have. And it can be used against us because... It's just what Satan wants us to have put in our lives. Something else it says, it says, wait patiently for him. Who has a patience problem? You don't have to raise your hand, but I mean, I'm not a patient person. I, I realize that. It says, wait patiently for him. Sometimes I wonder why God wants us to be patient. You know? And... I'm, this is just my point of view. You guys don't have to believe this or say I'm wrong or right or anything. But, you know, whenever I hear the word patience, I always think of this. God wants us to be patient, but why? Well, just think. It says in the Bible there's going to be a number no man can count in heaven. I wonder if he's going to go one, by, one at a time saying, hey, I know you. Maybe we're going to have to wait in a line for a while. Maybe God wants us practicing patience. I still got the problem with it, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'll say, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Another problem that a lot of us have. Anger, wrath. Want to get some revenge on somebody because it seems so sweet. God says in his word, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Not vengeance is mine, saith Levi. Not vengeance is mine, saith Kevin. Not vengeance is mine, saith Ronnie. And just mind say it's the Lord. Amen. The Lord can get a better revenge than any of us could ever think. And sometimes getting revenge isn't really what the other person needs. Maybe that person needs love and caring, not revenge. They could be going through something that you have no idea what they're going through. They just need some love, some caring. They just need a little TLC. 
also says, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait, there's wait again, upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Evildoers are going to be cut off. You know, evildoers as we think, we think like Superman, Batman, those evil guys, you can always tell. You can't always tell. Because for God, evil can be the smallest little lie. Evil can be just sneaking a peek at that person's desk right beside you if you're in school. Evil can be looking at things you shouldn't look at. Evil can be anything that you say that doesn't glorify God. going to be cut off. But those who wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. That just touches me so so much because you just wait. It's the simplest thing you can do. Accept the Lord Jesus as your Savior and then just wait. Just live in this earth while it's here and then you're there. You've got it. It seems so simple until Satan puts those temptations in our way. Okay, I'm going to move on. All right. What's our solution to these problems? First, I want to go to John 14, chapter 6. Verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That can be kind of scary, can't it? You won't come to the Father unless you go by Him. That's where your faith comes in. He's not here right now. He was. But you can't, you can't physically see Him standing right there. That's where your faith comes in. You've got to be strong in faith to be strong in the Lord. Can't see it, but it's there. Just got to know it. Got to believe it with all your heart. He'll he'll answer you. Just got to know. Got to have faith in him. He'll be there for you. And if things are going hard, keep your faith in him. Don't say, oh, this is going hard. No, there's no God. No. Forget it. That don't happen. He's still there no matter what. You can turn from him. He won't turn from you. It's another thing we've got to be careful about is turning away from him. Turn our backs on the Lord. That's the worst thing you can do. It says so in the Bible right here. It says better for a man to not know the Lord than to know him and turn his back on him. Just got to be careful about it. Another solution is in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. They humble themselves and pray. Do we humble ourselves and pray? How often do we do it? Once a week? Oh, when something's going wrong... Oh, God, this, this is happening to me. Oh, my girlfriend's breaking up with me. God, help me, please. Or, God, this teacher's giving me a hard time. Lord, help me. Help me. I'm going to need it. Humble themselves and pray. 
Come to the Lord Jesus. Give him all that you have in your prayers. Don't just say, Lord God, things are going good. Thanks. Walk off. No. Can't do that. Because then it's not really sincere. You have to humble yourself. Give everything that you have right there next to you on the floor if you have to. Just give it all to Him. Not just when it's going good for you or bad for you. All the time. He's good all the time, isn't He? He's not just good one day and bad mood another day. Anyway. Well, that's the way you could see a really good solution to any other life's problems. Unless you know this by heart. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he, gave, that he gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We all know that part. A lot of us believe that part. Believe in God, you're good. That's not necessarily exactly what's true. You can't just believe, you got to live. You can't be a believer, you got to be a liver. Live the word in everything you do. Show Christ in everything you do, not just say. You can't just say, I believe in God. You need to show it. And if you just show it on your everyday lives, do you realize how many people will notice it? How many people you could honestly change just by acting like a Christian every day? They'll look at you, they'll say, Whoa, I want what he's got. Whoa, I want what she's got. You can't just talk to them and say, Hey, I know Jesus. You're like, Whoa, can I have that? You've got to show them how much he means to you. You've got to show them how much they really need it. Through everything that you do, people are always looking at you, even when you think they're not. I learned this with whenever I was at another church and had a lot of little kids just running around everywhere. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't think this, but they listen to everything you say. They watch everything you do, and they're really impressionable at that age. Anything you say or anything they see you do, they'll think, oh, okay. If you do something wrong. I mean, they can think that that's wrong. But if they see you doing something good and godly, that's going to rub off on them. They're going to grow up thinking that. That's going to stay with them. It's going to scar them in a good way. They're always going to remember that. Next verse says, For God sent His Son into the world to condemn, not to condemn the world, or, wait, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't send his son in here to say, hey, look at me. I'm God's son. I'm going to heaven. (laughs) See y'all later. He came here so that Everyone that will believe in Him and will give their life to Him can be a child of God and stay with them in their home forever and ever in heaven with their Father. 
if you think about it, God is the Father of everybody, whether they believe Him or not. He created everyone. He's the Maker. He's the Creator. And it's our jobs as His children that know Him to tell everybody that doesn't know about Him. How do you think God feels each second that one of His children that doesn't know Him gets passed up? That nobody says, hey, I know your father. He's the same father as mine. I I bet that breaks his heart. That we, as Christians, overlooking all of his children. That he created, gave life to. I mean, he put them here for a reason too. And that's for them to know him. And to come to love him. But we're just passing them up every day. We can just be in Walmart, walking through the food aisle. Somebody should be cussing like a sailor, and we'll be like, whoo, just walk off. And we'll go up to him and say, hey, do you know your father? Do you know that God is your father, just like he's my father? He put you here for a reason, too. He put you here so that you could learn about him and go be with him forever. He doesn't want to send his children to hell. None of us should want anybody going there. But let alone their father. He wants everybody to be able to stay with him for eternity in heaven. God is the answer to all life's problems. Do you believe that? Any problem he could have, he's the answer. Every question that you could possibly have is in this book. Anything about life's problems, temptation, sin, anything. What will get me to heaven, what won't? I'm not telling you it will give you the answer, who's winning the Super Bowl. I'm saying that anything that you could ever need to know about life, how to live it, how to get to heaven, is in this book. Everybody needs it. Like I said, one day it may not be here. We're all going to have to have it in our hearts and have it in our memory so that we can teach our other children and teach everybody else who hasn't heard of it. There's not any problem in this world that is too big for God. God is bigger than anything. He is everything. So you can't have a little problem here little problem there is bigger than the almighty God. All God has to do is say, go away. That's all it takes. But we've got to humble ourselves in prayer before he can just really do anything for us. He's got to know us and he's got to love his children or else he, we're not going to get all of life's blessings from God. Because if we're sitting over here condemning him, saying, oh, well, God ain't this, God ain't that, you think he's going to bless you for that? you got to humble yourself before him. Say, God, you are everything. You are everything in my life, and you're what I need. If I don't have you, I can't get through anything, good or bad. I'm just here. And that's not how I want to live my life. I want to live my life to the extent where God is, sees me one day and says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the house of the Lord. 
I want to hear those words so bad. I don't want to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. I don't want anybody to have to hear that. It can be the most annoying or evil person in our minds that we're thinking of right now. They still don't deserve it. They're people just like you and me. They just haven't heard the word of God. And they haven't fully understood it if they have heard it. And they need that. And we're going to be, we have to be the lights to shine in that dark place. We have to tell them about, you know, God says this about this sort of thing. And I can show you the scripture to prove it. We have to read our Bibles and know the scripture, though. If we're not in our Bibles, we got nothing for them. That's why we need to read our Bibles so bad. Because people's lives depend on it. Their souls depend on it. How would you like to have the feeling that you see somebody and they said, hey, you read the Bible, don't you? Yeah. What's it say about this? You got no answer for them. They're going to be like, well, I thought you said you read your Bible. I I do. Once a week. Maybe. They need to hear it just like we do. But we have to be able to know it to be able to help them with it. We have to be able to show them where it is because, I mean, not everybody's going to know where everything is in the Bible. I don't even know. I don't even think Kevin knows. He may know a lot more than I do, but I'm sure he's still got a few things he don't know exactly where it's at. We just, we got to be able to show them through our words, through our actions, and through his word. Because if we don't have one of these things, we can't do it. Just like one wrong answer can mess up everything in our lives and somebody else's. Everything we do affects somebody else. doesn't matter. Big thing, small thing. I got in a fight. <laughs> messed up somebody else's life or I messed up yours really bad. I went to a party. That messed up your life. But you got drunk. Think about everybody else's life that you put in jeopardy. We've got to think about things like this. God can save anybody from anything that they could ever have to face. For some people, it's disease. Some people, lost loved one that they don't want to go on without. It can be anything. Things that we couldn't even imagine could be going on in somebody else's life. They could be going through. I've realized that a few times myself. Just in the middle of doing it, I was like, I wonder what they're going through. I know my, my life's not perfect, but I know nobody else's is either. Because I'm a human. I have to deal with the same things everybody else does. You just pass them up. You're just saying, well, sorry. I'll, I'll be at home while you're somewhere else. Can't do that. We're all a family. doesn't matter who you are in this world. We are all related to each other somehow. We all came from the same Adam and Eve. We all came from the same God that created Adam and Eve. doesn't matter who you are. Everybody needs to hear the word. We can't just pass them. Levi, you've done a good job, man. Very good job.
prayed that the Lord would just speak whatever he wanted to speak through him. And it didn't matter how it sounded when it come out, and it didn't matter whether, whether uh, it pleased anybody. It, it, all, it all mattered whether or not God said, say it or not. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Levi sat down and he said, God, I just want to say what you want me to say. You know, but he, he, he made a statement that, um, that blessed my heart whenever he talked about that you can't physically see God. That he talked about that this is a journey we have to walk by faith. You know, and, and it's not, it, even though it's hard to walk by faith when you cannot see this, it's really not because all the evidence is there. If you think about it, the Bible says that faith is the substance of things, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So there is some evidence there. There is all types of evidence. The Bible says that in Him we live, we move, and we have our being. Everything that you see around is evidence of being in Him. When you think about this building right here, and I know many of you have heard this, but there's no way that I could stand here this morning and convince any single one of you that no one built this building. Look at it. Can I, is there one person in here that I could convince you this morning that nobody built it? No, you are not stupid. You are not ignorant. You have a brain. You have common sense. And common sense tells you that if the building is here, then there's a builder somewhere, right? You may not be able to see him. You may not be able to know anything about him, but your own common sense will tell you that if the building is here, a builder is somewhere. A builder has been or, or, or he is, but it didn't just come up by itself. And if it's impossible for you to believe that this building popped up on its own, how much more impossible is it for you to believe that creation itself, that mankind, when you look at the way this body works, look at creation and everything in it. We breathe out, ox we breathe out carbon dioxide, plants breathe in. Plants breathe out oxygen, we breathe in. I mean, do you think this stuff just happened by chance? And yet the school systems and everyone else want to try to convince you that a big bang took place. I don't know about you, but I didn't come from no monkey. I did not come from a monkey. And I want to promise you one thing. You didn't either. Yes, we cannot physically see the Creator standing in front of us, but the evidence is there that the Creator exists. And when you take that word that Levi just took you through just then, brother, I like it when a man uses a lot of Scripture because it cuts out a lot of our talk. I, I use a lot of Scripture. I do because I don't just want to show you one place in the Word of God. I want to take you through it and rightly divide it and show you just how God speaks to us. You know, so I want you all to really consider, yes, we walk by faith. We can't physically see what we're walking after. But don't you take for one second for granted that we don't have the evidence all around us that God is real. And that book that he just told you to take it and hide it in your heart to make it part of you. That is His Word, His living and powerful Word. And it will show you everything that He expects of you if you will just learn to apply it to your life. I promise you, if you haven't learned yet, 10 out of 10 people die. There ain't one that lives forever. 10 out of 10 people die. 
So that right there ought to be evidence that there is something that's going to happen after the death takes place. My question to you is this. Where are you going to stand? When you stand before God, the Creator, in judgment, and you stand to give an account for how you lived life and how He created you to live, how far away are you going to be from what He expected you to be? If you like me, you're going to be a long ways away from it. But the Bible says that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to shed His blood because the wages of our falling short of what He expected us to be, the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ for all who will believe.